for joining us tonight in the Creepypasta Book Club. The podcast will be read, analyze, and discuss significant creepypastas, no sleeps, and web horror flash fiction. We are your hosts, Jonah. And Wednesday. And today, we are discussing Slime Beasts Abandoned by Disney. And for today's episode, we are introducing our uh, episode co-host, Michael. Michael, say hi. Hi. So... Abandoned by Disney is the story of an urbexer who decides to explore the site of an obscure abandoned Disney resort in the Emerald Isle in North Carolina, uh, modeled after the Jungle Book cartoon. The resort is intended to be a, quote, Indian-inspired resort called Mowgli's Palace. He goes there and discovers the place has been trashed and picked clean, and the invasive flora and fauna have taken over the region. In the basement of Mowgli's palace, he finds the mascot room, in which several hanging costumes are filled with human remains, and a mysterious inverted Mickey on the floor stands up and tears his own head off, terrifying him. Alright guys, so like, what do we think about this one? Lovely summary of the story (laughs) that we read. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we certainly, it certainly is a thing that we all read. We definitely all read it, with our eyes or ears. Yeah. I don't know how you want to start this one. Um. <laughs> well, if, I mean, okay, kind of the elephant in the room with anything yeah. written by Slime Beast, right, is that he is a massive prick. Uh, like, a very bad person. Yeah, um, a band by Disney Sly, by Slime Beast noted internet name checker and online chud. <laughs> racist <laughs> yeah so find find our podcast slime beast and boost our algorithms through controversy um do well i just <laughs> i'm gonna read off um slime base um patreon membership level titles i think that might sum up anything we could pro- probably say ever um there is special cornflake echo chambermaid and safe space cadet yeah, so so those are the sort of Patreon tiers that he has available for people to sign up for. They all include Discord benefits. Really fancy. <laughs> well, that sounds extremely neutral. Yeah, so this guy is... <laughs> regular. Having a regular time out on the internet. Yeah. This guy is sort of known to have been in, like, the inner circles of several other sort of, like, big-name horror figures, um, and completely fell out with all of them due to being such a cunt, uh, that they could not (laughs) handle being around him, um, because, uh, of his bad politics and attitude. Do you want, do you want me to, like, name drop names or just, or just in the summary of behaviors? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, like, uh, I know, like, he used to be in sort of, like, the circle with, like, um, Nightmind and Pan Pizza and all of them, and he also used to be sort of, he, I think he was originally posting on, uh, Bog Leech's forums and stuff, like, when he was, uh... Yeah, they're, like, palsy. They, like, work together in, like, a, like, your online collaborating way, like, I, like, yeah. it's hard to tell, like, the level of friendship people have when you're not, like, in the inner friend yeah. group, so, like, it's just, like, speculation <laughs> of stuff, but, like, they, um, 
did several. They did like a. a... Bog like publicly disavowed him after Gamergate, right? Yeah, like... yeah, 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 yeah. Like okay, like um, the Bogleach thing. They did like um, like a alternate reality website kind of thing, and he had a lot of like his um, like maybe like lesser known uh, stories on Bogleach's like. Although I think a funny mouth or loud mouth or whatever it's called was um, a part of the creepy pasta contest, or maybe it was just hosted there. I don't remember, but um, yeah, like they're part of like the circle of like people who would ever blog from each other and talk to each other online. You'd see it with your eyes, and then he like started posting this really strange Gamergate stuff, and everyone was like, "Hey, dude, <laughs> you good?" And he was like, "Oh, the evils." super justice warriors or whatever they're called are attacking me and then like everyone was like hey bye then like he got really like <laughs> like intense about people taking their his stuff like like his ip or whatever and then yeah like, that's one of so, the like, things that i that i saw like when um so so maylite snick spheres did um uh, like a like a reading on her YouTube page for uh for abandoned by Disney a little while ago, and he had a fucking tantrum about it and was trying to basically like, oh my god, I forgot that happened so recently too. Yeah, he he like tried to file like a DMCA on her about it and like tried to get the video taken down and was like harassing her on Twitter, um and just being oh like god. a freak. <laughs> He's been like that for a yeah, while. Yeah, um, Creepypasta Wiki also does not have a page for Abandoned by Disney, specifically because Slime Beast requested it be taken down. Yeah. Because he his one of his things that I've seen from his, like, defenders is that he is trying, he is, like, he is championing the cause of, like, people who want their copyright to be protected and blah 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 and like i'm pretty sure okay so if you go to no sleep right now they have a big thing like the first thing that you see on the sidebar of the no sleep reddit thread is they have a thing that says like hey if you want to read a no sleep that someone has posted you need to get their permission or they can file a dmca because we protect people's copyright here i'm pretty sure that exists probably because of slime beast's contribution to the zeitgeist like that is his main contribution <laughs> yeah. other than abandoned by disney <laughs> I think it's interesting. Okay, I think like like a person who proves horseshoe theory, right? Like he, <laughs> he like he acts like like it's about being like anti-capital, anti-money, like free expression. But he's also like like this kind of guy online, you know? Like if you're anti-capital, you don't really care about copyright, is the thing. Like that's not those those two ideologies don't belong together. That's not how that works. And that sort of, like, anti-corporate sentiment is what I think he thinks is at the heart of Abandoned by Disney. Oh, I have some thoughts. But, like, the, like the fact that he is, like, this right-wing chud who does believe in, like, copyright... Whatever, like I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I do sort of want to talk about, like, the nature of that, because, like... You, you see this, like, you, like, depending on, like, like, we talked about in the first episode how I go into, like, these groups for a little while and leave, and you see this, like, different varieties of the sentiment of, like, 
how people feel about creepypasta readers. There's, like, a vitriol about it in certain sections that you know are, like, a part of, like, this other section of online horror. And it's, Mm -hmm. like, I understand where some of them are coming from, because it is, like, you're doing the physical labor or whatever of writing and making the story, and so it's coming along and reading it. But the reading is also an art in itself, and it creates accessibility to share the story. It is this deep anxiety that someone is going to make money off of the thing that you posted that you are not making money off of, right? Yeah, like, it's hard to, like, like, people have, that's, a, that's like, a legitimate feeling, and it's, like, hard to, like, be like, hey, if you genuinely care about that, then you need to make a community that supports writers, and not, uh, what are you doing right now? What you're doing right now is wrong <laughs> and bad. It's, like... By having your own website where you post your own thing and saying, like, don't read my thing, it's like, fine, whatever. But you are not creating that opportunity for other people if you care so much about other writers, you know? Yeah. And, like, we should normalize people getting paid for... For their stories, yeah. Stuff that they, yeah. But also, like, people who have, like, 10k followers on on fucking YouTube are not going to be able to pay for that like they just want to do it for the love of, of being able to read a thing on the internet yeah like you are going to get back the stuff that you perceive that other people are taking from you by not being a massive douchebag <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey you can say like hey you didn't have permission for this please don't do it that's normal but the reaction of being like I am a fucking, I am persecuted, and I am crusading against this. That's when it gets to be like, oh, you have, like, something's just wrong with you. (laughs) Like, that's the ultimate problem with what Slime Beast is doing, is because he comes at it from the angle of being persecuted. Which, like, I feel like you can feel that persecution complex running all through Abandoned by Disney when you're reading it in 2020 fucking 2, like we are doing right now. Hey, I feel, okay... Okay, there's like a lot, of, like there's like a lot of like different attack points I want to take attack take this because there's a lot of stuff going <laughs> on that's not necessarily about the story itself. Yeah, like okay, like, like the thing about the story itself and Michael, I, I I don't know whether you agree with this or not, but like I think Wednesday and I we both sort of take the like have the opinion that like there's not a lot going on in the text itself. Like, it feels kind of empty. It is belabored. It is empty but belabored. And, like, okay, okay, okay. People, like, <laughs> praise the story for being, like, subtle atmospheric, right? But, like, a lot of what's, like... It's not subtle. It's not. What, like... And what it's not very atmospheric. Is, like... on, on the subject of subtle, can I just raise one of my, like, extremely minor quibbles with yes, Abandoned yes, yes. by Disney? Yes, absolutely. So, in the text of Abandoned by Disney, and just I think this is a good example, uh, there's a bit where he comes face to f- the narrator comes face to face with a giant snake that he concludes <laughs> is an exotic animal uh, that was released by Disney when they exited the property. When they abandoned the property, they just left behind this imported exotic animal. Yeah, it's a python. Yeah, he describes this as an 80-foot python. There is no such creature that exists in the world, but the way that the passage is written, it it specifies 
that it's uh, like a, a released exotic animal. But like there is no such beast in, in the world. Like the, the longest recorded python would be like 25 feet in size and there are unconfirmed reports of 30 foot pythons in the wild. But there does not exist any living species of python <laughs> that is 80 foot long. Yeah, he relies on hyper-exaggeration and hyperbole, like, flashy, catchy language with, like, and and then at the end you get this money shot of viscera. So, like, I don't understand what this idea that comes from that the story is, like, yeah. a creeping, dreading yeah. horror when it's, like, everything is, like, the biggest dick on the planet. Yeah, everything is huge. Everything is enormous. Like, it's not simply a a 30-foot <laughs> exotic snake. It's not a 25-foot exotic snake uh, that's clearly not native to North Carolina. Like, for some reason, he's gone with, like, a basilisk-sized snake <laughs> that Disney's been hiding in Carolina that no one knows about. Also, the snake, like, everything is attacking. Everything is, like, like dangerous and looming and stuff. At the most... At the most generous, I might say, like, oh, he exaggerates the size of the snake to be 80 foot because there is something unnatural going on here. Except for the fact that, like, he leaves all of the actual big, like, supernatural stuff for, you know, the money shot at the end with inverted yeah. Mickey. Hey, okay. Do you think in his mind that... Disney, in this situation, represents immigrants. I think Disney is Jews. Yeah, okay, listen, listen, listen. You know the <laughs> thing where conservative Christians think family guy is turning kids gay? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, because Stewie is yeah. gay, so they're like, oh, this is yeah. trying to turn our, our good Christian children gay. Yeah, so in, <laughs> in, like, in this man's mind, the idea of Disney is somehow, like, an invasive force. Like... You fill in the racist blanks. People in the story are offended, like, xenophobia, but, like, they're not offended that it's super-duper racist. They're like, oh, how dare you bring this thing into our world, and they're also correct in their fear. Yeah, like, he, he puts scare quotes... He, he he puts scare quotes around xenophobic when he's talking about the attitudes of the local people as though, like, xenophobia is not real. And the idea that the thing that they have a problem with is that Disney is creating this, like, for want of a better word, like, ethnic-themed park, and not the yeah. fact that, according to the text itself, Disney is being kind of racist about its portrayal of Indian culture in this alleged theme park. Yeah, he's fine with that. Yeah, everyone's fine with that part. Like, the thing is that, like, they are trying to, like, import this, like, foreign thing. And, and, and that foreign thing is fundamentally represented at its, at its core by this, like, supernatural, corrupted thing. Like, these evil fucked up mascot creatures that are being imported into our good, beautiful North Carolinian city or whatever. <laughs> Another thing I wanted, I have written down in my notes is, like, what do you think he meant by echo chamber in this moment? What do you mean? Like, he uses, like, echo chamber has, like, a certain, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. level of meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, he uses it again in the story of, like, everything is stripped down, so it's an echo chamber. And, by the way, he does this thing I said earlier was, like, a pet peeve of mine, 
where he, like, describes his footsteps as, like, machine guns in this echo chamber room. Like, what the fuck does that mean? It means nothing here. Well, like, he's, he's tap dancing into the room, clearly. Yeah. And also, <laughs> he says, he says bidets in the ladies' room. Like, that's really f- not American. Is he, like, like the, like, the alien nature of well, a woman? Well, okay, as if Slime Beast has ever gone into a woman's restroom. Oh, okay, I was sure you were giving him too much credit. <laughs> he doesn't know what goes on in there. yeah i mean in what world is there a bidet in the ladies room but i mean also in what world is there an 80 foot python and in what world does disney suddenly start calling their characters uh mascots like (laughs) not to be a disney adult but it's pretty (laughs) common knowledge that the disney corporation does not refer to its character suits as mascots like that part in the story where he refers to the sign that says mascots only like on any disney property the word would be cast members and on any legitimate disney park that would be like concealed from guest view yeah that oh and also right speaking of like he he cites the existence of a potential disney project that did exist in the real world and and they did fuck it up right like they like they did it real bad and they had to abandon the project um they were trying to fight the the movement of the tides and 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 they uh i have something to say on that front should i say now yeah, so specifically I wanted to sort of address the discussion. So Abandoned by Disney opens with that couple of paragraphs about Treasure Island in Baker's Bay and the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading up on that a little bit. Now I have an article here from Bustle uh, that was published in 2015 regarding some of the historical truths about Disney. Uh And it notes, actually, that the Treasure Island thing in the Bahamas, the only historical evidence that that is even true dates back to an article that was published on a humor website in the early 2000s. So predating Abandoned by Disney by about 10 years, but with no actual source from Disney. Really? I've I've seen... When I was looking it up, I saw a couple of references to it on, uh, like, um, like, travel blogs by people who were, like, in the area and referred to, like, uh, the project. But, like, I, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't heard that, like, the, the whole, uh, like, Bahamas resort thing might have been fictionalized to begin with. Yeah, so so to be clear, uh, this is not something that was invented by Slime Beast. As I said, this predates Slime Beast by about ten years. Uh, what is true is that there was an environmental management plan for something to be built in Baker's Bay mm-hmm. uh, from 2007, uh, but there was no ev- like there is no evidence that there was an actual park that was ever huh. built there, much less abandoned. The thing that I had heard was that they had they they had tried to make way for one of their barges to be able to pass through by moving silt, and it ended up destroying one of the barrier reefs. Because they were like trying to move all of this, all of the sand, um, so that it could uh, it could take one of their luxury cruises through, and and that uh, that that might be where the sort of uh, uh, Bahamas rumor comes from ultimately, like the fact that they were doing this this work that ended up being environmentally destructive. Yeah, so there are also two actual abandoned Disney parks on Mm -hmm. islands in Florida, one of which did have the working name Treasure Island, 
Huh. Uh, but was eventually renamed Discovery Island and oh. then was abandoned. So it seems highly likely that this is like a conflation of those real events. Like okay. Discovery Island, which had the working title of Treasure Island in Florida, was legitimately abandoned, uh, as was River Country. Uh, and there was at one point plans for a project in the Bahamas, but that was not abandoned in the way is described in the creepypasta abandoned yeah. by Disney. It was it was it was abandoned in the fact that like they could not successfully create a a passage through for this barge the, for the for the cruisers. Correct. Yeah, there is a quote from the archivist of the D twenty three club uh, that notes What's that, that. Sorry. Oh, sorry, the D23 Club is the official Disney fan club, and okay. Dave Smith, the archivist, uh, gave an official statement saying, uh, Disney never had a resort named Treasure Island in the Bahamas. Our only location there is Castaway Key, which is used by the Disney Cruise Line. Disney's Treasure Island was the former name of Discover Island in Bay Lake at Walt Disney World Resort. Huh. So it it is kind of funny that he based this sort of um, borderline like scaremonger thing, and and he makes such a point of saying like you can look this up; it's a fact, <laughs> in this really like insufferable, you know, forum poster way. Like the horror he's drawing from, isn't the scary part of Disney? Is the thing it's yeah. like like the, the peel of this the like. Disney's a horrible, abusive company. Like, they, they, they are an active colonizing force in the real world today. Exactly. The appeal of the story to a lot of people, I think, is because they know this. And the story is, like, affirming, like, oh, there's something wrong with Disney. It's not this, but, like, I get it. And, like, okay, <laughs> I kind of want to get into, like, like, people have done other Disney horror stories. And the genre of this creepy pasta territory does come from this. And, like... And, like, this is from a, a person with, um, not great beliefs and stuff. And so, like, yeah. so, like, what does that mean for the genre as a whole? And I was thinking earlier about how, like, cosmic horror, you can say Lovecraftian horror, but, like, in culture, if we <laughs> stopped thinking about that guy as the baseline and picked a different cosmic horror artist and, like, called it that instead... Like, we already have Cosmic Horus, like, decentralized, right? So, like, yeah. can we do that to the genre of creepypastas or whatever that focuses on Disney horror? I, I mean, I feel like part of the problem with Disney horror is that it is inherently trying to separate yourself and fictionalize the actual real-world atrocities that a real-life company in the real world is doing by saying, like, well, what if the thing that made Disney scary is that they are making genetic abominations in a lab, and not the fact that they are, like, a vicious, union-busting, extremely conservative company, right? A parasite on, like, the globe. The Bustle article lists four sources for that, one of which is... Eye Mockery, which is a humor website, and the other three of which, two are travel blogs and one is a Tumblr blog. So, like, <laughs> we are not talking about legitimate resources that actually prove that Treasure Island in Baker's Bay ever existed. But I feel like that captures a lot of, like, the... Um, not sure what word I want here. 
Like how people would like go on crack.com and be like, yeah, list on crack.com, gonna write a story <laughs> about that. Like if like kind of like um irreverence towards the topics they're picking and then like yeah. carrying it on as though it had like a deeper meaning. Yeah, cuz cuz misinformation is just easy to spread. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, of course, the thing is that if Slime Beast wanted to write about real abandoned Disney parks, like he could have talked about Discovery Island or River Country, one of which was a island in Bay Lake in Florida and the other of which was a, a water park at Walt Disney World, so both in Florida but both legitimately abandoned. Yeah. I think like, really a defunct land on that. That looked familiar or sounded familiar in my eyes. Yeah, I- Discovery Island sounds very familiar. Like I like I feel like I've probably seen some kind of like Urbex video of someone going yeah. to Discovery Island. Oh my gosh, if you find them and share them, like that'd be really dope. That seems really likely. Uh it was it's only been abandoned since 1999, and it's yeah. still visible from completely accessible parts of uh, Walt Disney World Resort. Huh. So it's highly likely that there is a in- not insignificant number of urbexes that go there. Oh my gosh, if we can find a good one. Um, oh, to, to, to branch off that for a second. Um, the way he uses words like vandals and looters and like the homeless <laughs> people he like drops in all the time in the story they're all treated like a cast or like an identity of person and i find this language happens a lot in people's like urban exploring videos as yeah. though they're the only ones who are like righteous and allowed to be there like whatever they touch is like whatever they take is good for their cause or whatever while like everyone else is like this invasive force when it's like you're doing the same exact thing, dude. They live here. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like, oh, I'm I'm going into this place because like for for my art, and these dirty, filthy bums are just like sleeping and pissing here. And it's like, well, I don't know. Invite them to your home and let them piss. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't have to have to piss in the in the condemned building. Yeah. Or like other urban exers are like. You hear them, and then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, spooky, scary, what are those people up to? Like, the same thing you're doing, dude, dude. Like, it's not... Yeah, like, like, like the attitude that, yeah. like, oh, because you heard some people, like, sort of shuffling around at the building, it's like, oh, this is so scary, like, I'm gonna get stabbed. Like, why? Why would you get stabbed? Are you gonna stab that person? Like, yeah, like, them? are you kicking them? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you guys laugh yeah. eye contact, and it's on, like, Pokemon, like... <laughs> on, just on a related note... To uh, your previous point, though, about how there's been other creepypastas set in Disney uh-huh. parks, uh, I just want to cite here um, the River Country film, which is a creepypasta that was allegedly first posted in 2012, uh, which means that it would have predated Abandoned by Disney by a few Ooh. months, is actually set at River Country, which, of course, what has been abandoned since 2001. Did some actual research. Yeah, and of course, uh, do you the... think Slime Beast ripped off River Country film? Oh my god, we have to read it. We have to read it, guys. <laughs> I want to know. Oh, I can drop a link. Oh please, uh, and we can include the link in the description as well if you like. Uh, awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, Michael, have 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 you read it? Would you say that they're similar? Michael, read it right now, live. I mean, it's it's about. Look, fundamentally, they're both about people like urban exploring in. Um, abandoned Disney parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's creepy God, things. I don't want to say I read it, but like this is triggering like memory tissue. 
I, I feel like I've seen it at least. I might not have read it, but I feel like I've seen like it on spaces, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, fundamentally, the the fear that River Country film is playing on is not quite the same as Abandoned by Disney, by which I mean, like, there's no suits that come alive, there's no, like... <laughs> there's no money shot. <laughs> there is viscera. Oh, there's... there is a money shot. Oh, yeah, there's there's money, there's a money shot, there's viscera, but it's not, like, you know, <laughs> it's not a Mickey Mouse suit that rips its head open. Like, and... That's, that's the thing. Inverted Mickey is the thing that made Abandoned by Disney take off. Because without Inverted Mickey, there is no point to reading Abandoned by Disney. Because the writing is bad and it's empty. Hey, is... Uh, is Inverted Mickey scary? I don't think Mass... Okay, no! Okay, okay. Let's, let, let me, 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 like, lay things down. <laughs> the fear... I will say, just, uh... 100% Jonah, you would find the River Country film more scary than Abandoned oh. by Disney. I'm not going to try and say that it's like incredibly scary, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's more scary that might hit me. than Abandoned by Disney. The fear yes. of mascots and costumes and Disney and stuff, right? Like, you see yeah. other things, I can like, what makes that scary is the innocence of it. So if you take that and make it like inverted and like deliberately scary looking, it removes the terror brought from that thing like if you if you yeah like when, when when people talk about like the mascot monsters in general the thing that makes that scary is like oh like what if what if this thing that looks innocent and normal actually has like a fucked up creature inside of it yeah like, what if this thing is not just a person in a suit what if this thing is like a like a beast like an unswag beast that hates me and wants to eat my <laughs> swagless child swagless beast swagless yeah. beast that wants to eat me and like this is something that this this dates back to like well before abandoned by disney right like this goes back to yeah. stories of haunted dolls of creepy clowns you know um, yeah, and... I was saying, like, if you see a if you see a fucked up doll, you know it's fucked up. But like, that removes a lot of the fear factor because you're like, <laughs> is this doll alive? Yeah, like Annabelle, for example. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, you'll note that when the story of Annabelle was adapted to film, like in The Conjuring, and then later in Annabelle, like a horrible movie, yeah. You know? They made the doll look way creepier than the quote-unquote real-life Annabelle. Real, yeah, it was just a, like a little Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, yeah, she's like an actual like ra Raggedy Ann, yeah. And they made her like a fucked up porcelain doll or whatever. Like, that's not scary anymore. You remove the fear by making it look scary. Well, like... it is scary because dolls okay, okay, are scary. Okay. I'm very scared okay, of okay, dolls. Okay. <laughs> like, like, to people who don't have a very specific fear, it removes a lot of, like, <laughs> now it's just like, now it's just like a novel. Now it's like you made an amusement park of someone else's fear. Yeah. And, and, and being creeped out by porcelain dolls is a relatively common fear. Yeah. But it isn't, like, it's... The only thing that it is adding is sort of the cultural context from the fact that being scared of por porcelain dolls is, like, common, is sort of, like, the fact that, like, you should be scared of this thing because it is signaling to you that this is a thing that a lot of people are scared and of. And, man, if you need that, you're stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, you need, if you need that extra hand-holding to, like, get that across, you're not writing it strong enough to get it across. Like, you don't need yeah. that. You are you are playing volleyball and without net. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that is the fundamental problem with the inverted Mickey because it is tryhard. It is it is saying like, "Ooh, look, it's it's inverted colors." And like if indeed it was originally posted in 2013, that means that it was written in like a like a post ARG explosion world where like like yeah. and, and post YouTube ARG explosion where like things being like ooh like like the camera goes all staticky ooh it's like yeah. inverted and fucked up it's like we have been signaled to with a bunch of really low quality bad stupid YouTube ARGs by this point <laughs> that like you're supposed to be scared when you see something that's like pixelated and inverted and fucked up it's also not to go back to the previous points about uh copyright but it's also a way to avoid Disney's copyright. <laughs> That's fun, yeah. I mean, he says Donald Duck. Like, you can't put a colour-correct Mickey yeah. in in your uh, art pieces and spin-offs of Abandoned by Disney. Yeah. But you can put the inverted yeah. Mickey. I have, I have a big thing to say. Pick me. <laughs> um, the people who get, like, this is just a big general thing, but people who get, like, famous off of other IPs then be like, hey, yeah. don't do this thing that I did. Yeah. Very like Toby Fox getting famous off remixes and then being like, hey, don't use my music for that. Like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Slime Beast has a lot of fucking nerve to say like, these people are trying to make money off of my work and be all self-righteous about it when he is literally, he literally, like he got popular and, like, the only thing that people care about that he ever did in his life, in Abandoned by Disney, <laughs> he got popular because he used Disney to ride off of that. And there's a big difference between, like, yeah, yeah, there's a big difference between, like, in, like, a, like a single dude writing and Disney. So yeah. I can see why people, like, argue with that, but it's just, like, the nature of behaving this way. What he has done is essentially written, like, Disney fanfiction. Right? Yeah. Like he has written fanfiction about the Disney Corporation. Like, the real world thing. He's written fanfiction about it. And then has gotten mad that people have possibly, possibly, had the opportunity to monetize his fanfiction. fanfiction. It's, it's really weird, like, the disconnect between, like, people who are like, yes, please read my thing, boost my stuff, this is how people notice my writing, and being like, if you read your actively making me starve to death you are <laughs> killing me and it's like hey i don't i don't know how much mr creepypasta not to name drop but i don't know how much mr creepypasta makes in a year Probably too much like <laughs> like like are his videos even monetized like i'm sure uh, some of them are but like like he can't be making that much money i right? doubt it yeah like like he gets a lot of views but like he doesn't it's not, like, I've seen numbers be thrown around, but I think those numbers aren't real. Like, how, how, how much of, how much content that he reads is actually able to be, mon like, especially now, now is able yeah. to be monetized with YouTube's, like, fucking draconian system of, like, who can monetize what Rent when. horror, especially. Even, even if he makes, like, a killing, like, what does that matter? <laughs> like, who cares? Fuck. Real quick, like, not that Mr. Creepypasta... Um, like, I, I think if he, to be making the amount of money that he makes, which is any money at all, um, I think he should be doing yeah. more editing work than he does. 
I absolutely. Because he still, to this fucking day, will, like, record lines and fuck it up and, like, not edit out the fucked up line. Like, like man, girl. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm asking you to edit out the line that you flubbed when you say the line again. Please. Uh, why doesn't he do it? Like, <laughs> like, I know editing is a lot of work, but that's, like, the easiest thing you can do. I can do like, it. Like, hey, like, if, if, if you are making money, you can pay an editor. <laughs> also, yeah, like, so many people have editors anymore. Like, you can't, like, swing a cat without seeing a Let's Player with an editor. I'm sure he can get an editor. <laughs> How do you not know an editor in your circle? Get on that. <laughs> I want to talk about um, the allure of Mickey Mouse being, like, evil. I think it's really appealing to people. And, like, in ways that we see done right is, like, in Kingdom Hearts. Or in, like, what's that webcomic called? Mickey's never evil in Kingdom Hearts. Let me get okay, that no, straight. No, no, no. I, he's, well, he's he's a little edgy. Like, he wears like a black coat. Look, okay. Edgy's I know so much about Kingdom Hearts. Like, I know you do. Wait, wait. I just general edgy, like not a, <laughs> not like a positive, cute cartoon character. Like he's yeah. edgy. Is what he I has a sword that. and he kills people. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up in a righteous, god honoring way. Yeah. <laughs> Like every good mouse. What's that web comic called? I I don't know what comic you're talking about. I'm the sorry. One where Mickey Mouse is like an evil cartoon king, and Daffy Duck's in it or whatever, and like Bugs oh, Bunny's oh, in Scoob it. Oh, Shag. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot what it was called. That's embarrassing. Shout <laughs> out, Jenna. Donald Duck. I don't. I'm. I don't think Donald Duck is in Scoob and Shag. <laughs> Oh, this is out like a fake fan. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> no, shamed, shamed for not being shag facts or or remembering the title. I mean, okay, but let's go back to like obviously this isn't specifically about Mickey Mouse being evil by any means, um, but like the idea of like children's cartoons being edgy, like yeah. Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit was, yeah. like, a smash hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, the uh, the concept of, like, a cartoon mascot, like, a beloved cartoon mascot, but, like, secretly twisted and fucked up. It's, it's, it's the same kind of core appeal as, like, like a Tim Burton yeah. movie, you know? Or, like, um, those, like, edgy BuzzFeed listicles or whatever of, like... Mm-hmm. Disney princesses if they were in the real world and it's like they have like teen pregnancies and like STDs and stuff yeah <laughs> it's, it's like that yeah it's like yeah there's like a massive market that, that that is essentially what slime beast is doing which is the lowest form of storytelling <laughs> I like it intersects really it intersects with like this want to make an IP recognizable within yourself like like, oh, there's, like, a, I, I watched this thing recently, someone gave it a really good name, but it's, like, the the Friday Nights at Freddy thing. It's, like, you are creating this, like, this, like, catchy, flashy, mascotty iconography for yourself mm-hmm. with it. But, like, most people do it in, like, a, in like, a less, like, it's, it's McMouse. But it's, like, that very nature, like, people are going to latch on to that really hard, which is why things got popular. Yeah. I mean, because anything that you slap Disney branding on will take off, really. Like, that's why 
like not to name drop another person <laughs> which is this thing where we Let's keep talking about people's names but like james somerton when he came on the scene he took off right away because he is a marketing guy and he admits that upfront in most yeah. of his videos and he knew that if he made a bunch of videos about disney then he would be able to get a bunch like the algorithm would treat him very well people would watch his videos oh man and that is he, he was able to bounce his career on youtube off of marketing himself with disney forget iconography the rest of our lineup we gotta just read the disney creepy we gotta we gotta do an <laughs> analyze or whatever we're doing here with the rest of the disney creepy pastas <laughs> pad our numbers and then we can talk about other stuff there's like the one i was the one that was in mind when i was like uh is this a genre or whatever is like there's a, a really lengthy like people are committing suicide in Disney call and then there's the one that Michael mentioned that I, I, I want to read to see how you know if it's familiar at all just in general what else is there there's like uh slime beast has an entire extended universe about this stuff <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of like mascot horror specific ones that I've seen like ones where it's like there's the one where like the the tentacles are coming out of the gloves or whatever yeah, and I mean, Five Nights at Freddy's did not help yeah. that genre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, also, like, speaking as someone who was very much on the internet um, before creepypastas like uh, Abandoned by Disney took off, that one of the things that really got me when I was sort of in that age bracket that would eventually become sort of the prime Creepymaster reading bracket, but sort of before Creepypasta was as much of an online staple as it is now, is uh, back in the day, before Snopes.com became mostly known for, for debunking like political like email forwards from grandma, <laughs> uh, they, they debunked a lot of urban legends, and they had a yeah. whole section for uh disney yeah that one is cool you know ranging from things like um you know was there really a hidden penis in the little mermaid <laughs> uh to things like is it true that uh park security has to routinely stop people from scattering their loved ones uh cremated remains yeah, that's true uh, right? through disney parks yeah, that's completely true. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was really, really into... And, look, when I say kid, I mean when I was, like, eight. I was oh. really, really into, um... Maybe nine. Young. Nine, ten. Regardless, a child. I was really, really into YouTube videos of, like, co like collections of where people would do gathering the, the like, infamous Disney... Uh, subliminal messages and oh. I got really into subliminal messages just in general and like like the, the the concept of like mental programming and stuff through these like weird YouTube videos that like people barely older than me were making. That's really cute. You shouldn't have been online that old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I should not yeah. have been exposed to that. I, <laughs> but you, you probably were too young for that. Like with orange yourself at age eight. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, like, sort of the point that I was driving at by bringing that up is that 
clearly this indicates that like Slime Beast was onto something with Abandoned by Disney, right? Like there was always a market for like sort of horror yeah. stories and urban legends about the Disney Corporation. Hey. Like probably because the Disney Corporation is like such a big part of sort of your modern audience's childhood and like yeah. the idea of like, oh, what if my childhood was creepy has <laughs> like Yeah, it's like, got legs. literally the yes. childhood ruined meme, right? Like that's that's what abandoned by Disney's core appeal is. I think it is like going with that is like a lot of people want to like um, make their childhood more interesting when they don't have a lot going on. <laughs> so those are the kinds of people that latch really hard to this as like, an identity. Like, oh, this is like this confirms I had like something special and magical going on instead of like processing that maybe you had like a regular life in an imperial state. Yeah, that like that's that's one of the th- things. Like on rereading this, and like and like, I try not to. I try to consider myself like a sort of like I'm not a strict like new criticism person, right? But uh-huh. I, I I try to more or less like tr- not let the views of an author influence my understanding of their work too much but like even if i didn't know like like if i knew nothing about slime beast and i reread this i feel like it would really stand out to me how much of abandoned by disney revolves around this like invasion narrative and this yeah. sort of preoccupation with who belongs and who doesn't yeah right yeah that's sort of the core like because so little of the story Almost none of the story is devoted to the actual supernatural scary thing, right? Like, that is there literally to be the money shot, like we're talking about. Like, that is is the moment of payoff, but it has nothing to do with anything else that makes up 90% of the story. 90% of the story... Yeah, yeah, it's him assuming that everyone's on the same page and, like oh, that would be scary if that happened to my neighborhood. Oh, that would be scary if there were, like, invasive animals. And it's and it's the persecution complex, right? Because, yeah. like, the thing is that, like, if you live in, like, a wealthy white suburb in America, that's not going to happen to your neighborhood. You yeah, are the gentrifying not. class. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> like being aware that there's, like, this discourse about that. And, like, being like, oh... If it happened to us, we'd be, like, we would stand up to it and, like, we'd have this claim on this land because we're, like, it's ours, you know? We take care of it instead and see what happens when we don't sort of thing. And it's, like, there's this sort of, like, government and media conspiracy to, like, tamp down any kind of protests that are going on around it, which is very much, like, the sort of stormfronty, like, I'm being persecuted for being a white, you know? It's just very, like, it has that same kind of tone to it that you do see in more, like, mask-off narratives about persecution. Yeah, and okay, okay. Like, like back in back in the Gamergate days, when they were, like, or blogging each other, the horror artists on the <laughs> Tumblrs, a lot of people, you would, like, he would say some things and people would blog and be like, hey, this is an example of this and this and this sort of thing that people say in discourse to, like, act like they're not being tutty. 
And so it seemed like his M.O. a lot is to talk it into, like, agreeable language. That might be hard to unpack yeah. if you're not, like, savvy with that sort of thing. And that's how people fall into, like, like these, well, a lot of people do it willingly. But, like, how, like, if you're just, like, a lot, this story was a lot of people's windows into horror to start with. So if you're, like, you're 15, your parents have taken the child lock off because you're 15 and white in the suburb, and you're reading Abandoned by Disney for the first time, you are getting indoctrined to this kind of, like, doublespeak. I don't know if I would go quite that far, but it is, it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, death by a thousand cuts kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, if, like, if this is all of the narrative that you are exposed to, right? Like, 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 if you are exposed to this kind of narrative, it's, it's like, um, it's like this has the same core anxiety to it. Like, the sort of slasher movie anxiety. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, I, I, I live in this nice upper class place and something evil is going to come to it and and destroy that. Yeah, and a lot of people enjoy those for like what they feel like they are on the surface without realizing they're propagating this really unsavory thing. Yeah. Like, I like slashers, right? But like, I don't want to spread around like, your suburb is under attack. But like, <laughs> I also enjoy the idea of a man killing people in a fictional setting <laughs> so like you know it's, uh, like what do you do with that <laughs> and it's also like like the problem with because of people's media literacy and the way that people's implicit like internalized biases end up being reflected in the way that they understand the media that they're consuming like Halloween right yes like Michael Myers comes from this place. He is he is a, a germinated seed of evil, right? That comes from this place, yeah. and it and it flowers and comes back to to, to pollinate, right? Yeah. And and but to a lot of people who like are not thinking about it on that level, what Michael Myers represents is an outside force. Yeah, right. Because this. he is, yeah, he is this faceless big man with a knife who kills teenage girls. Yeah, I have a okay. Like, Scream is really hot right now, and like, if you are just wa if you are watching and not like absorbing, which I think for Scream is a little harder to miss. But like, if you're not like even like you know, like if you're not like analyzing and like thinking about these things in a way that's other than, like, media in your eyes. What Scream is about is, like, entitled men in this character's life, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, they are entitled And, like, to entitled their... men in horror spaces. Yeah, yeah. Entitled men into, like, their community. They have been raised in this community and sheltered by this community, and now they're attacking and killing in this community. And it's, like, easy to take that iconography of Scream and just make it about, like, the thrill of, like, the haunt and the scary mask and, like, the f fun of it. Yeah, because, like, like, being able to think about 
things on different levels. Or, like, look, one, you have to be willing to look at things on several different, like, textual layers, right? And then you also have to be taught how to do that effectively, which, like, our school system doesn't do because at benefits, all. <laughs> it benefits the school system not to do. It's hard to talk about because, like, you don't want to assume people... People don't like, I hope to be a teacher so I can spread government propaganda, oh boy. <laughs> but, like, like, why why don't you learn media analyze? Why, do you, why don't you learn how to analyze things on those various levels? Why isn't, um, like, literature and, like, like, media as a whole taught in this way that people have the tools to dissect rather than... Like, repeat factoids or whatever. I mean, because it's not, like, there's no sort of um, material return on the part of the state to educate people as critical thinkers is the thing. Like, I don't think that, like, I think the end result is bad. I don't think the end result is fundamentally malicious. I think that it is just, like, a calculated move with their wallets. Yeah, I just, like, it ends up supporting other things, like... Yeah. If it's not broken and it's benefiting you, you don't need to fix it. <laughs> I'm, like, it's it's funny to, like, bring this back to that, because we talked about this a bit in the last one. But it's also, like, an offshoot of Christian indoctrination of, like, not teaching the Bible, right? And a lot of <laughs> school, like, practices come off of, like, this being, like the source of education for a lot of people. Schools we have, a lot of schools we have now came come from, like, the one-room schoolhouse taught by a nun and now yeah, it's, like, yeah, a public yeah. school. You know, like, there's, like, more than that, right, to the history of it. But, like, like how much has not been, like, evolved and changed compared to, like, other places without that history? Like... Michael, I know, like, you live in Australia, and you guys don't have, uh, your education system at, like, functions, actually? I mean, more or less. <laughs> what do you mean, more or less? Like, at, like, at, compared to American education? Well, we do a lot of things right compared to America. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I've just, like, set myself up for some hate mail. But... I mean, we have to also just sort of, the elephant in the room on this one is the sort of the anti, anti-intellectual, anti like, anti-criticism yeah. sort of, like, meme form. You know, like, I'm sure that everyone here and everyone listening to this has heard, you know, uh, maybe the curtains were just fucking blue. Yeah. Uh, My god, you do know. I wish that the curtains were just fucking blue sometimes, <laughs> but, like, they're never, they're never just blue. There's always something more. Yeah, even if that something more is, yeah, like you know what? Hey, Sometimes it should be blue. So, like, hey, I wish that Mickey Mouse was just inverted. I wish <laughs> that, I like, wish. that that the that the stupid palm trees and banana trees and coconut trees in abandoned by Disney are like we're just coconut trees. But I know that they're immigrants. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, can we also just sort of talk about? Um, sort of right after the money shot in Abandoned by Disney, uh, the, the arc words, like the graffiti arc words of Abandoned by Disney get repeated one last time, except this time it's in the form Abandoned by God. Mm-hmm. 
which, like, I'm sure is sort of meant to be interpreted as a statement of, like, see, God has forsaken this place and the demons inhabiting the inverted Mickey suit. But, <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of can't avoid the the sort of the, the social and cultural implication of, of that yeah. in the context of this, like, big corporation which is, like, buying land to to put in a, a corporatized version of someone else's culture. Michael, you can say Jews, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you two are allowed to say these things. I'm clarifying for our listeners who don't honest. know that I'm Jewish. It's so cozy in here, I forgot people are listening. <laughs> but I mean, are, are, are Jews Disney? Or are Jews the corporatized version of another culture that the Disney Corporation are putting into this white community? Or is it both? That's the thing. Like, Jews are Disney. Because, okay, in in the, in the neo-Nazi mindset, and, you know, disclaimer, I'm not saying that Slime Beast is a neo-Nazi. I'm not saying that he has, like, a private Stormfront account. I'm not <laughs> saying that he reads Breitbart News. Like, I'm not saying any of that. Like, I'm not saying that. You know. <laughs> but regardless, in, in that sort of mindset, right, like, the, the, the Jews are the masterminds who are trying to import the quote-unquote inferior, and, like, the justification for, like, why white people don't have, like, total domination over all of culture in the world, and, like, why there are being, like, pushbacks against it, and two words like equity and, 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 like, racial justice and stuff, is because the Jews are helping the, the, the non-whites get a leg up over the white people. So, Disney is Jews, and, and they are importing the, the non-white cultures because that's what that's what we do you know that's that's the way of things like there's just not a lot to talk about with abandoned by Disney um I like urban exploration I like abandoned theme parks I like concepts about it I think it's I think the the, the emptier the emptier creepy pasta it's like the thing it's it should work. Yeah. Like, the, the the fact that it is so empty, and there's so little going on in it, the fact that we have seen all of this, like, racial subtext, I think speaks very strongly to the <laughs> fact that there is nothing else that is actually going on. I think the emptier uh, uh, creepypasta ends up being, the bigger the fandom around it is, and that's really <laughs> interesting, and we should talk about that sometime in, yeah. like, more depth, like, later as we get through these things. Because, yeah. like, the ones that are really, like, like jackknife good, like, four people have read on the entire planet. <laughs> or, like, people are, are, have, like, more mixed feelings about, because, like, when things are more complicated and more difficult to understand. Like, it's, it's like, we were talking about Five Nights at Freddy earlier a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, Five Nights at Freddy's is dog shit. It's bad. It's not interesting. Yeah, it's bad. Um, but, like... Official status of this podcast is bad. <laughs> the, the fact that it it is... It allows you to have, like, a blank slate where you can put anything you want 
into it. You can put any ideas that are in your mind, you can project that onto the thing. And I think that's what works so well about stories like Abandoned by Disney, right? Mm-hmm. They, you can make anything that you want of them. And, like, you know, it's entirely possible that, like, like the people who actually like the story, we have done fan fiction by reinterpreting Abandoned by Disney <laughs> as, a, as a piece of, of racial hate fiction, right? But what if... <laughs> We're not wrong. Yeah, we can say the following. <laughs> like, like I don't think we are wrong. Like, I, like I think we might in fact be be uh be uh you know unfortunately correct. But like, I mean, I, I do see that, and would just yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I just want to note here, of course, that like the other thing that we sort of need to address is that Disney has a a cultural history of as a as a white company a white american company of like corporatizing other people's yeah yeah, like a conservative white american company like corporatizing other people's culture (laughs) like we we've seen it like yeah like so the idea that disney would create this like knockoff version of your culture and then sell it back to you thereby both offending you and offending the white conservatives that are viewing it is not really that far-fetched like the part with the inverted mickey suit and the 80 foot python is far-fetched but that's what like that's what like threads in people's mind is like oh this is a reasonable story because like yeah this happens instead of it being like a story about things that are egregious to think about other people. Yeah, like, I'm also not saying that that's the only thing that Abandoned by Disney is about, but, like, things can be about multiple things, and one of the things that Abandoned by Disney is about is this. It's also just, that's a thing that Abandoned by Disney is about, being told by someone who is more similar to Disney than they're not. Yeah, And, and, and the fact that, like, Slime Beast is fundamentally politically similar to Disney that that is why like you cannot tell a story about the actual bad things that Disney is doing that's why there has to be some boogeyman that's why there has to be some inverted Mickey in the basement that's gonna pop up and rip his head off and scare you so so badly because otherwise (laughs) because otherwise (laughs) hey Jonah Hey Jonah, can you do the can you do the line I, in the voice? I, uh, look, you, uh, I can't do a Mickey Mouse voice. It doesn't sound very good. Like I believe in you, Jonah. I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna look stupid on the I'm podcast. Hey, we're all smart okay. here. Okay. Right. Hey, I think what if what if we took what if we took one of those like all listicles or whatever like like myths about Disney and wrote our own. <laughs> wrote our own Disney creepypasta. Yeah, what if we did that? I mean, okay, look. Ethically speaking, like, like if we're going to write our own Disney creepypasta, it would just be documentary journalism, right? That's true. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah, so, so, like, going back, like, do you think it could be, like, a, is it, would you call this a viable subgenre for, like, creepypasta as a medium? Or is this just sort of like geeking, geeking off the popularity of Abandoned by Disney? I, I feel like it is inherently fraught. Yeah, it's... 
even setting aside Abandoned by Disney as an individual work and Slime Beast as an individual creator, I feel like there is so much stuff that you have to actually contend with when you are addressing things that are related to the real world without it becoming abandoned by Disney, you know? Yeah. And, and and it's like, you you can just tell a spooky story sometimes, but I think you also should be, like, aware, right? That, like... Yeah, like, the only ethical... Yeah, you're right. The only ethical way to do it would be, like, a defunct land sort of style. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing about defunct land that makes the show good is that like it it is journalism about big fuck-ups and the way that they've hurt people by these companies i think that did like there could be more emphasis on uh, like of people doing like oh the fuck-ups and not just like cool facts yeah. like, not just like hey, like facts <laughs> This person does a lot of good work, but, like, fact-dumping, yeah. like, for lack of, like, a better but, like, word. I'm also a miserable fuck, and I, I love to be angry and champion causes and things, and I know that's not what everybody can <laughs> yeah. do 24-7. You're delighted. <laughs> I, um, I have this in my notes somewhere, but I don't remember when I was gonna say it at all. But, like, I don't have any, like, nostalgia or Disney love, like a lot of people do, and I don't seem to say it to be, like, edgy or whatever. <laughs> It just never, like, connected with me on any real level. Like, I think there are, like, two or three movies I could probably go really ham into, like, details mm-hmm. for. Like, oh, fuck, I saw The Lion King on Broadway or whatever. <laughs> but, like, like it just doesn't register with me as meaningful in my life, like, the way it does other people. Like, was it not a very big part of your childhood? No, I wouldn't say no. Like, people, like, who was around... It was just like, but it wasn't like impactful yeah. in the same way that people talk about Disney being impactful in their lives, kind of thing. Yeah, so it feels like, yeah, so it feels like really like outside my body more than like other things. <laughs> so I feel like I miss a lot of like the notion of like this, uh, this thing being corrupted. Yeah. So I guess I think I I find it interesting that other people think that, and my interest in it is other people's reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I should have probably prefaced this whole thing by saying that I was a Disney child. Yeah, I was. I, well, no, I was into you, reg- a lot of like Disney. Common. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is more common to have an experience like yours and mine, Michael, than to have an experience like Wednesdays. I think, like at least in in like yeah. the parts of the world that we live in, right? Yeah, the Western world or whatever. Like I, I, I had a lot of of Disney stuff that I. I liked a lot, like when I was younger, particularly. But I, I hit sort of a sort of a phase around like my middle school years where I was like, I don't really care about Disney anymore. And like, I don't think I was ever like a pain in the ass about it. But I was just like, I, I don't really care. <laughs> and like, that was kind of it for me. Like, I never really got back. I would die and bleed defending Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, <laughs> the cartoon series for people. <laughs> Um, yeah, that is, that, that is your I could one, tell you huh? some, uh, yeah, that's my, I can tell you some deep cut lore about <laughs> 101 Dalmatians, but that's also like a book. 
And I think some of the art of like um, the golden silver, I'm not, I don't know why I say golden silver, I don't know the, these, na- these names, <laughs> of like the Hercules Mulan era yeah, yeah, yeah. of Disney. I think the, the- that's the Disney Renaissance. Golden yes. Thank you, Yay. <laughs> golden Sun's a really good Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> Oh, you like I do. It. I like it a lot. Um, like, <laughs> just to to um, clarify, to what level I was a Disney child and subsequently a Disney adult. Um, when I was in year one, so that's Australian for first grade, I wrote a short story which took place at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida, and my teacher told me that there was no such place. <laughs> um, that that Disneyland was in Anaheim, California. And so uh, in 2012, I flew to Walt Disney World Resort just for to like stick it to my first grade teacher <laughs> that it really was a cute. real place. And I spent two weeks um, staying at a one of the like on-site resort Michael, hotels at um, Walt Disney World. <laughs> you guys should visit a place like ironically, but like <laughs> seriously, that'd be cute. I mean, it doesn't hurt that I'm also just a theme park person. Yeah, you person, like, you like you theme know? parks I, a lot. I'm really into, like, Warner Brothers Movie World, oh, um, like which is a, a theme park in, um, like, on the on the Gold Coast in Australia. Um, and that's what you were perfect to have for this episode, because you care about theme parks, and I don't. <laughs> I like theme parks, but, like, I think I'm in the middle here. Like, I really appreciate theme parks, but they're also sort of, like... I, I don't need to go to a theme park. I'm, I'm kind of fine. And, like, okay, I grew up, maybe it's, like, I grew up, not really grew up, I, I was around there as a, like, a teen child age. Like, like you know how you move to a place and then you're young and you're, like, still, like, an outsider in that place? So there was, like, a theme park that was, like, it was really jank and nasty. And, like, <laughs> I feel like that is closing to my relationship with things like this as being really jank and nasty. So, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, the magic of these things are sort of, like, I remember a lot of wasps instead. Or, like, bodily injuries from rides. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I like roller coasters, is is my thing but like i don't i'm not i don't like tchotchkes and stuff so like the Uh, idea of like you know that's the thing about you (laughs) like the idea of going to you know like knickknacks and things lying around yeah i have yeah you've been in my room the walls are bare (laughs) like (laughs) like the part of the peel is like getting like like, I like the arcade part. Like, I can go to arcade, smash that stuff up. Um, or, like, the food is nice. Like, the food in the arcades and, like, the giant stuffed animals. Um, I like rides. I don't know. Um, roller coaster injuries really freak me out, I think, is the thing. So, like, okay, like, if we connected... do a Disney pasta, it's got to be about roller coasters. Oh, my God. Oh my god, like... Well, the thing is that, like, I and I, I mean this as respectfully <laughs> as possible to whatever massive corporations are listening, um, like, there are going to be deaths or injuries that occur at any long-running theme <laughs> yeah, park. Yeah, that's true. They really scare me, though. Uh, and that doesn't even necessarily mean that it's poorly run, but of course, if it is poorly run, those are going to, like... Be higher. Be a thousand like, times worse. I was, a ch- <laughs> I was like, 
a tween and like I either read or saw something about girls hair getting caught in like a roller coaster and like dying and stuff and like that like clicked an obsession in my brain to like read as much <laughs> as possible about that so that might factor into my not caring about Disney very much guard yourself as much as but possible. Before that, I also wasn't that into anything. <laughs> Radicalize my fear. But, like, even before that, if we put on a movie, I wouldn't, like, go out of my way to pick a Disney one, like, as a child. Yeah. You know what I was into? Ferngali. <laughs> I've still never seen that to this day. Oh my god, Jenna, please. Yeah, me either, actually. Oh my- I mean, actually, I think that that's a lie, but I think I've only seen it like. Oh my god, so much Yes. I Looks like we're gonna wrap it up there for tonight. What are your thoughts on Abandoned by Disney? Leave a comment, tell us your thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, go ahead and leave a like or a review, share it with your friends. We're a small, independent podcast, and we don't advertise, so we need word of mouth to grow. As always, links to the story and our social media will be in the description. Uh, for our next episode, we will be reading Normal Porn for Normal People. This has been the Creepy Pasta Book Club. Thank you, and good night.